What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a weekly show where we talk about video games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? If it's your first time listening, thanks for joining us. You can subscribe to the show across podcast services such as iTunes or SoundCloud, as well as our YouTube channel where you can watch the video version of each episode. Have thoughts, questions, or suggestions? Email us at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com or find us online at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Finally, we are a completely listener-supported show, so if you're really enjoying and really loving what we're creating, please check out our Patreon page where you can support the show, and in return, we will give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release and access to our private team chat podcast discord server if not that's totally fine we'll keep making the show week after week and bringing you great gaming content find out more at patreon.com slash team chat podcast and a special thank you to all of our current patrons who help make each episode possible super thank you big yes. hug yes XOXO. yes all of our love all our love <laughs> team chat podcast mm, hearts <laughs> hearts all right well before we jump into today's topic let's start us off with the per usual News And this time, I guess just because, you know, we've been doing a lot of traveling lately, we've been catching up on stuff, we've equally been behind on stuff, and all of a sudden, like, a bunch of meaty news kind of came out all at once. Yeah, I feel like we've been, like, just all over the place with our recording yeah. lately. Like, I mean, we've been physically all over the yeah, place. Yeah, literally. So it's been a little rough. Uh, but there's a ton of stuff going on uh, this month and beyond. Dragon Ball Fighter Z just announced that they are going to have a new free update coming out May 9th that will incorporate a new co-op mode. So for those of you that don't know how Dragon Ball Fighter Z works, um, or Dragon Ball Fighters, I don't, actually don't know which one people call it. I think it's Fighters. It's right. It, it probably is. I just say Fighter Z. It's got a freaking Z. Right, because I it's can't. Dragon Ball yeah. Z. It's mm. not Dragon Balls. <laughs> it might be. What if we've been wrong this whole <laughs> this time? This whole time. <laughs> Since the, the creation of the series, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Jokes on us. Uh, but anyway, so Dragon Ball Fight Fighters uh, has you controlling three separate characters all at the same time versus the enemy uh, person or team, which is also three people. So the co-op mode is going to allow you and two friends to individually pilot your characters and basically go through the game. So that's a pretty interesting setup. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Party Battle Mode. Is basically what um, the approach is. You'll battle, battle a variety of bosses in this new free update, and another feature coming up soon for fighters is the Fighters Cup, a monthly competition where players can battle and collect points for their respective Z Union. I guess it's like a guild, maybe? I'm actually not really sure. Sounds like it. And then Namco, Namco has also revealed that more details about the event are linked to both modes at a later date, so keep your eyes peeled for new uh, updates on that coming soon as well. Uh, they also got a bunch of bug fixes and improvements to gameplay for Dragon Ball Fighters. There's going to be a bunch of training mode fixes, along with a full uh, breakdown of the upcoming update on Namco's Facebook page. So for all those details, go visit Namco Facebook. Nice. Oh my. Sorry. Heavens to bed. Just preparing. To <laughs> and then in other news, real related to you, Jarrett, you may not have noticed, IGN and The Telegraph just... Today, as of our recording, Which dropped is a, the May seventh. Correct. Dropped a ton of info about the upcoming Red Dead Two. Ah. Now, none of this is super spoiler. Oh yeah, well, so, that's what we should be talking yeah, about. Right? See, yeah, man, I'm just all right. over the place forgetting all this stuff. Yeah, so none of this is spoilery. It's just like news and general updates about the upcoming game. Uh, so included in the drop were key details such as the game being another big generational leap in open world design, Ooh. and what they really described sounded a lot like what you would 
had told me about with the new God of War installment, where they were really focusing the game to have a super seamless and streamlined play style. Man, if that could happen with a huge yeah, open world game. Where they're like integrated cut cut scenes. You mm-hmm. know, that's air quotes there. Cutscenes are integrated into the gameplay. Conversations happen naturally to give you new missions. It's not like there's going to be screen, you know, a bunch of screens or loading screens or breaks That'd in the gameplay. Awesome. I think that I, that's... You'd never stop playing if that exactly. were Exactly. And so this is like super off topic, but I feel like that style of presentation in gaming is really like going to be a big future focus. I would think I so. I think that that's loading where the AAA continue. titles are going. Yeah, yeah, loading screens continue to be kind of like the bane. Like I talked about that with in my Assassin's Creed Origins view, especially up at the end of the game when they're lo- switching very quickly between cutscene and action. So many load screens. And I'm going to have a lot to say on that on our secondary topic okay. after we get done with the news. So uh, keep those thoughts in mind. Keep okay. your hatred okay. fresh because I have a lot to say about that. There's also going to be in uh, contrast to some of rock, rocks, rockstar. rockstar. I was going to say Rocky Dog because I was thinking Naughty Dog <laughs> and Rockstar. Dog. And I was like, I know That's it's gonna not That's going to be the name one... of, my, of our, like, yeah, <laughs> of our Rocky Dog. Rocky Dog. Uh, so uh, in contrast to some of Rockstar's, I was going to do it again. In contrast to some of Rockstar's other titles like Grand Theft Auto, for example, Red Dead 2 will not have any protagonist swapping. Mm, so you're okay. just going to be the main dude the whole time. No protag swapping. Arthur Morgan, I believe is his name. Yes. Which Travis was cool. number two. It was cool that they did. I mean, and everybody kind of assumed, but in the last trailer for it, which again makes the game look incredible. But they did say, they did show finally that the uh, protagonist of Red Dead One, John Marston, is going to be in Red Dead Two since nice. it's a prequel game. So, uh, and in horse lovers news, mm. keeping your horse alive does matter. Uh, so, yeah, right, I yeah, remember I talked yeah. about that with the old there's, Red there's Dead like when we were talking about, about creatures <laughs> and stuff like that, about shooting the horse in the back of the head accidentally. Exactly. It's terrible. Yeah, and then just a bunch of exciting new locations are being incorporated into the game as well. Nice. So, Red Dead Very Two about that one. anticipation is real. Fans <sighs> can be really excited about it. <laughs> and kind of some just really fun and bizarre news that I saw. Rod Ferguson, the studio head of Coalition, publicly went to Twitter to ask Capcom to include the Brumok from uh, Gears of War okay. in Monster Hunter World. He had the actual tweet. Hang on, where's the tweet? He was like, so who at Monster Hunter do I need to talk to about getting a Brumok in the game? That's hilarious. <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen a Brumok. You should look it up. Okay, I'll do that. So the, the monster that he picked from Gears of War is really very scary. I mean, the Gears of War monsters are pretty I thought for gnarly. sure at, for, at first that he was going to be talking about the giant spider that featured oh. Oh, yeah, the, the first game. corpser? Yeah, the corpser. But the Brumach is this very different thing. Uh, he, How do you spell that? Uh, B-R-U-M-A-K. Okay, and it could be Brumach. I'm just saying Brumach because that sounds better. Uh, but that would be super cool because the uh, every time uh, in Monster Hunter oh, World, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't that crazy? That would be a good one. So in one. Monster Hunter World, the idea is that when you kill a monster, you get drops from it. Like it's skin, fangs, claws, blah, blah, blah. So if the Brumach ever did make it into Monster Hunter World, you would by extension get an armor set that mm-hmm. would be related to it or at least like a couple of cool things right so whatever rod ferguson has to do to make that real i'm down for that and monster hunter world is also really um interested in doing other weird little crossovers for example right now they're doing an event where you can basically purchase a permanent outfit for your handler which is basically like your mission person mm-hmm. for chun lee's outfit 
Oh wow! From Street Fighter, and it's like of all like I like I like all the crossovers. Yeah, now stuff obviously they do with Capcom Hunter. owns Street Fighter, so that's a different thing. But still, how fun is that? Like, what a cool crossover, right? Uh, and speaking of crossovers, super convenient segue there. Starting as of this episode's air, May eighth. Thanos from Avengers oh, Invin- yeah. Infinity War this. is coming to Fortnite in a limited time crossover event. You will be able to potentially, if you can find it, wield the Infinity Gauntlet with all Infinity Stones already present. So the event is going to play out like a normal Battle Royale session with the difference being that the Infinity Gauntlet is available for whomever finds it first. Dang. Snap! That's going to be crazy. And then the last tiny bit of news, the PS Plus games for May have been announced. They are Rayman Legends, which is a pretty Should fun. be already able yeah. to get them right now. Oh yeah, you can already get them now. Rayman Legends and Beyond Two Souls. I was excited about that. Yeah. Especially because uh, we got Detroit uh, Become Human coming it, out later this month. I think that's why they did that. that I think would make they a were lot like, now's the time. So, because I don't feel like Beyond got that much it didn't. acclaim. So in the kind of games that are related to Beyond and Detroit Become Human, really the initial game of Heavy Rain right. was the Which one was that got David the majority. Yeah, it was also the it was the game that got the majority of the attention. Heavy Rain is pretty well known for both good and bad reasons. Right. Some we'll of them hilarious reasons. But yeah, so Beyond Two Souls is one of the titles for May PS Plus games. I actually played Rayman Legends on, I think I downloaded like not the full game, but it had to have been just like a demo or something uh, of that for mobile. Oh, way back when. Fascinating. And it was pretty fun. That's, like it'd be a fun platformer to try out. That sounds confusing. Yeah. And then it you're going to have to bear with me. I'm going to take a deep breath and then blaze through the 80 right. million games that are coming out in May. Okay, so out today, May 8th. These are all May 8th titles. Conan Exiles for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Okay. Destiny 2 Warmind, the next big exten- expansion for the Destiny games. Oh, PS4, Destiny I around. know, right? <laughs> PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Last Encounter, PC only. Mega Dimension Neptuna. Wait, hold up. Mega Dimension Neptunia fought 7R? There's both Roman numerals and letters there. I'll try again. Mega Dimension (laughs) Neptunia. 7R, I'm pretty it's sure. It's like Final Fantasy X-2. It's, yeah, it's for PS4. I don't know what it is, but it sounds crazy. Uh, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. That one's getting a lot of buzz for PC. Raging Justice for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Tacoma, indie title Tacoma, which I believe came out last year, Mm -hmm. but was a Microsoft-only exclusive, is now making its way to the PS4, again May 8th, and AO International Tennis for PS4 and Xbox One. I'll hold my breath for Mario Tennis Aces. May 9th, Suberia, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. May 10th, Immortal Redneck. That That sounds like the kind of game I'm looking for. Wait for it. Switch. Immortal Redneck oh, for I've the Switch. Oh, I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, coming soon. So Immortal Redneck for Switch. A Laser League comes out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Those were both May 10th. And then finally, May 11th, we have One Piece, Pirate Warriors 3 for the Switch, and Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor-Martyr for PS4, Ooh. Xbox One, and PC. Jesus. Okay. Get your wallets ready, everybody. Yeah, right, You're for about real. to be spending some, some dough. Good lord. That's a lot of stuff coming out. I can't believe out. so many games are coming out specifically on May 8th. Yeah. That's wild. That is. It, because, I mean, there's not anything... 
Is there something end of the month that I'm forgetting about? No. Because now Dark Souls Remastered got pushed. Oh, oh, wait, did it? Yeah. Oh, my God, I missed that. Wait, when's it coming out now? Uh, Later, late, like, like maybe the early, oh, I don't remember now, like late summer, early fall, maybe. Oh, that freaking blows. They're doing, I was really excited. They're doing uh, some kind of test with it now, though, that you can download. Dark Souls. But it got bumped. They announced that like a week week or two ago again we're oh, all over the place oh, right now I probably wasn't here i just got yeah she's been gone traveling i've been gone traveling we're 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 catching back up everybody apologize if we miss some of these fresh news bits as they come out but uh but yeah it got delayed and being pushed back a little bit so it's not coming out in may anymore so that's not necessarily one to be competing against i think maybe state of decay too but Did that's it only, only a, get pushed back for switch maybe because I'm not certain that it did for PS4. We'll have to do some more research today. Yeah. All it says is that Dark Souls Remastered specifically for the Switch won't ah. make its previously scheduled May 25th release date. Okay, then yeah, uh, it's again, probably fine for Xbox yeah. One and PS4. Then. Yeah, I think so. That's what I gather. We'll double check on that, and if we're wrong, we'll tweet it out. Uh, but Bandai Namco announced today that the Switch release has been rescheduled for summer 2018. So... Just keep okay, that so in not mind. too far. However, the Solaire of Astoria amiibo, praise the sun, <laughs> you can still buy today. Is still no. slated to hit May twenty fifth. Oh no, that was a lie. Has also been delayed. <laughs> I was just kidding. That was totally a joke. I should have kept reading. Sorry Has for the roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> delayed to match the Switch version's new release. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, people just get it. That's oh, really yes. funny. PS4, Windows, and Xbox One versions are all still on schedule. I mean, that would make sense release. since that's what they can't. They were all out. I mean, Dark Souls was originally PS3, Xbox 360, they all that stuff. They just have to do so much yeah. less to it, I'm sure. Right. Putting it on the Switch, I'm sure they have to do a lot more of like compression and, and refiguring memory and different things like that to make I it mean, work better. I mean, I'm genuinely... All that development stuff that I know yeah. so much about. I know that games like Breath of the Wild are obviously massive, and they somehow manage to work on the Switch, but a game like Dark Souls, I'm kind of like... I, I'm It'll not sure how it's going to work on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't play Skyrim for Switch, so I don't know what that port was looking like, but I feel like... That's well, but now Dark Souls is that old too. I was yeah, going to say, but yeah, Skyrim's from 2011. Same, but I mean, mm, but yeah, they're about Dark the same Souls, age. Yeah. So I think that this probably is a title that I'll be getting for PS4. I strongly doubt I'll buy it for Switch, but I'm definitely getting that amiibo. Just I can't because. decide which one I want to get it for. I do want to do it because the so- Dark Souls one has been one that I discovered it late into the PS3, so I didn't really get much time on it there, and I haven't really gone back to it yet. But I also know that in my time that I did spend with it, my God, it's hard, difficult. Frustrating. Let's see, you should definitely decide. get it for PS4 because then if you get stuck, you can tell me to get on and you'll do screen sharing with me. And ah, I can tell you what you're there doing we wrong. go, there we go. Or do some guided I'll gameplay. make it worse because I'm just as bad. There How am I going to help you, really? You know what? Get it for Xbox, buddy. Just go. <laughs> I can't help you. What nah, I'll, I'll see. I'll think about it. I mean, it's not going to be high necessarily on my uh, on my purchase list either, really that much. So we'll see. we'll see. We'll well, see. well then. I got other stuff coming out. I got to get ready for that Red Dead. Yeah, you do. You when know? is Red Dead coming out? October 26th. Oh. I mean, not until October. You've got plenty of time. Sir. I know. But so here's the thing. Recently, you know, I got I got Far Cry 5. Then I got the God of War Stonemason Edition. Far Cry 5 got like crushed in your pantheon by God of War, didn't it? Yeah, it really yeah, did. Yeah, it got super it really destroyed. Did. And then, segue to our first bit of topic here. Over this past weekend when I was in New York City, I made a stop. For the third time, I've been to New York City three times, all three times, I go to the Nintendo store in Times Square, not in Times Square, 30 Rock, Rockefeller Plaza. 
And there, just so happened to be there on May 4th, the day, not only was it Star Wars Day, which I was Your able to celebrate. Day. My hallowed day. I celebrated by watching the second half of Attack of the Clones and the first three quarters of Revenge of the Sith on TBS on the airplane, the way God intended, in a tiny little screen, standard definition, standard definition. full screen. It worked with commercials. Thankfully, it was a limited commercial run. Wait, it had commercials? It was on TBS. On the... That's ridiculous. It was like live TV feed and all oh, that stuff. But I gosh. got to watch it. That's really funny. But so I did actually was able to have a pretty... No, I, I, I kid. I was in jest. We were on the way there. I got to watch him. It was still fun to get to watch the, to watch him. Uh, but then... And I did, as part of my Star Wars Day celebrations, discovered through just perusing, because I go check like Steam, uh, GOG.com and all that stuff to see what Star Wars games deals they have, discovered to my great glee that... Star Wars Dark Forces was now on Steam, was on and playable on Mac. Previously, it's always I've only ever been able to find it for Windows. Playable on Mac and on sale for two dollars. Snatched it up. That's awesome. Played it on the plane. Two dollars. Oh yeah, it's nice. Nice. Uh, So so it was good. And then when we were there, uh, they were doing one at Bryant Park in New York City. They were having a pedicab that was uh, looked like the Millennium Millennium Falcon built out of Legos. And it was going around, so we went and found that, too, while uh, we were there. That's awesome. But going back to New York, to the Nintendo store, just so happened to be in New York City, in the Nintendo store, the day of the release of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze oh, for the Switch. Oh, And if you watched the Team Chat Podcast Instagram story that was produced by my beautiful bride, Samantha. That makes it sound like you guys aren't married yet. <laughs> I said beautiful bride, Samantha. We're, that means we're together. Oh, Samantha. That means we're married. But anyway, she made a fun Instagram story detailing, chronicling our uh, time in the store and that I did buy Donkey Kong Country or Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. And so I played it that day while I was there, played it on the plane coming home, got enough time into it that I think I can officially do a solid first impression <gasps> and therefore our first topic of oh, the day. Oh my gosh. So I'll begin simply by saying... It's so wonderful. Is it really? It's. So, I mean, it's. It's very much Donkey Kong. The spirit of and and feeling of Donkey Kong is very much alive. Not that I necessarily expected it to not be there, but you know, as as games go and they add new things, different things come up. You know, it, t- games can tend to change and or deviate from what their original idea feel and all that stuff. Not the case with this game. Obviously, there are obvious upgrades to. Uh, and now, granted, I will say this is a port. Of when this game originally released in 2014 for the Wii U. Correct. I did not have a Wii U. Was not able to play, therefore. That's fine. Nobody else did either. And so, now I I do have the Switch. I have the capabilities to play this game. And so, I will say, like I said, it's great. It's wonderful. The spirit of Donkey Kong. From the one that... The other Donkey Kong game that I've probably played the most is really the original Donkey Kong Country. That's why I was going to say. You're so married to Donkey Kong Country that even when you're trying to talk about Tropical Freeze, you can't. I can't help but say Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Because that's that's what it is. (laughs) DKCTF. Yes. Uh, So, anyway... I mean, I've played the ones that came out on, on Game Boy, like uh, on Game Boy, like uh, Donkey Kong Country Two, uh, and some on some of the other ones. I even played a little bit of the one that came out on the Wii. I actually have that one too. There was one um, for the Wii. Mm-hmm. I missed that. Yeah, oh, I, don't I, know I, I really kind of missed mm-hmm. it too, because at this point, the Wii is very low in my list of things to go back and play on. <laughs> uh, and so, anyway, 
I love Donkey Kong. I've said it before that I probably played more Donkey Kong growing up than I did Mario. So I hold Donkey Kong closer to my heart than even our Red Hat plumber. And so getting to play in this new one and seeing the correlation and the relation of how it still maintains the same feeling and integrity of the original Donkey Kong Country is so wonderful. Like, I, I mean, you still get the, the great characters, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Cranky Kong, Dixie Kong, and Funky Kong, who you actually get to play as now. Donkey He's Kong the one that surfs, right? Right. Yeah. And he was in Donkey Kong Country. At first, I couldn't remember him being in there, but then when I encountered him first in the game, he owns the shop where you can buy some different things. And I was like, oh yeah, duh. I remember him now from Donkey Kong Country doing the exact same thing. But nice. Now, this one, you actually have Funky Kong where you can play as him. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But as I play, you know, there are still things that, you know, it's a still it's 2D platformer with some fun 3D elements thrown in, such as you can jump in the barrels that blast you around. But whereas in Donkey Kong Country, it would blast you from point A to point B, all that stuff. It still does that. But sometimes it'll like blast you into the background of the map and you fall behind it and land in another part and you have all this other stuff. So there's all these different fun things going. Obviously, too, the locations and the, the maps are way more animated and lively and able to do more things. I was playing this one earlier that uh, where the trees were like moving and you know and kind of shuffling if <laughs> the branches where you had to land on were were you know moving around and so making it were difficult. they That's dancing? The, it yes, they were. Like they were. They were kind of dancing because the music was really good in that in that level. Get more on that a little <laughs> bit later too. But and so it's all the stuff. The main stuff, you know, with any platformer, timing obviously plays a huge a huge role in this one. And this is and the type of how that's handled and implemented into this game is really not much different than how it was in Donkey Kong Country. Like I, it still feels like it with the you know the hang time of Donkey Kong being in the air, you know, uh, the planning out where you need to jump from to bop an enemy and all that stuff. It, it all just feels the same, nice. which is great because now you're getting to play it in this new updated look and feel. Uh, I even have heard sound effects that are the same. And that's just a great little touch, you know. That like it's like the they still exactly keep these. The same? Yeah, it, it, not I, even upgraded. And now I'm trying to think of what it is. It was uh, crap. It was when they were. It was blowing me for. It wasn't the barrel sound, which still does sound very similar. But it was like I was being blasted from one and like went through a window and something about that and how I landed. I can't remember now what exactly what it was. I should have written it down, but I think it was when I was on the plane flying home at 1130 last night, you know, so, um, but, but still I'm like hearing all these same sound effects and everything that are still the, the same from the old ones. Um, obviously with this one, it's a little different. So this one starts off, it's not the same storyline, obviously. This one starts off, it's Donkey Kong's birthday and is interrupted by the invasion of these, uh, this, this, the bad guys who, the main bad guy, I don't know who he is yet because he's just this shadowy figure, but oh, he comes in on this armada of boats to the, to Donkey Kong's island and, you know, he's surrounded by, by, uh, frost and ice and all this stuff Ooh. and he blows a horn and this ice dragon like comes from the horn and like surrounds Donkey Kong's island and, and, so he's a wizard. It, it froze. He's a warlock. His tropical island froze. Oh god! That's the name. Tropical okay, freeze. Okay, tropical freeze. I get it now. And so, Connecting the dots. Uh, so it's really fun because you're not necessarily b- battling, you know, crocodiles and beavers and all that other stuff from Be- the from Donkey Kong Country. You're now uh, your enemies are these like chubby little penguins. Oh my god! So the, cute. The heavier and they and some of them have like coconuts or helmets on their heads, so that you have to like <laughs> jump on them and then they fall. Oh, and then you can right. pick them up and throw them into somebody else. Some of them have spears. There are also some walrus. They're, they're like the heavy ones who like walk around. You have to jump on them multiple times. There are these uh, 
actually like wild hogs, it looks like, who like blow fire out of the nose. I don't know that where that came from. But uh, there's some of the heavy ones. Owls, you're fighting owls because owls are part of the bad Because I guess winter and owls kind of go hand in hand. And I'm so not you're sure that's sound logic. But uh, it's what it is. It is what it is. And then there are some other like dodo-esque looking birds that you have to fight that are your enemies too. Fascinating. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting. a lot. It's a fun time. But all the same, but there's also so far been levels that are using minecarts like minecart mayhem from oh, Donkey Kong. Country, I did. Know. So I didn't obviously play any of Donkey Kong myself, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of memories of watching a friend play it and I remember the minecart levels the and mine being like, this looks so hard. crazy. So hard in, in Donkey Kong Country and the level that I one level that I played, it was like taking it, it was in a sawmill. I can't remember the name of the level. It was like it was I think in world one no world two um and and so it's you know it had its normal things you have to jump gaps you have to jump obstacles and all this but then there's this one part near the end and sorry this is little spoilery as much spoiler as you can for a platformer game but just something to look forward to uh there's this one part where you jump where you're going under these big saw blades that are spinning and the platform like releases and you jump and then that dislodges the the uh, saw blade behind you and it starts tearing up the track in front of you but it would throw out things onto the track that you would then have to dodge so it was like the obstacles were building uh, in front of you so again one of those new add-ons that newer technology and new time gotcha. and as time progressed that allows to be added into Donkey Kong very nice uh, and so different things like that there was even a part in there near the end where like the track was rolling backwards as you were trying to roll forward so you had to basically jump backwards onto stuff instead of forward it got crazy got crazy i tell you (laughs) but it was so 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 much fun uh the other big thing about it and you know donkey Kong country the first boss world boss that you ran into was a was a toucan of course or no more of a buzzard really a a vulture oh oh, i think i know what you're talking about i'm pretty sure i know what that thing looks like and it's you know it's the big one and he like will uh throw nuts at you or spit nuts at you and then you just have to bounce on his head like three times and and you got classic nintendo rules classic yeah for a boss well that stuff still applies you usually have to hit the bosses three times but like the first the first world boss was who's um was i figured out his moves it wasn't that hard world two boss dear god so hard the bosses have been very difficult, and, and like I'm like, okay, this is World Two. What's World Three boss gonna be? Oh, world gosh. Two boss had like three different stages at each one that you had to do all these different things, and he had like four or five different move sets that he would do that you had to dodge and avoid and, and watch out for. And so it just the boss battles have been incredibly difficult so far. I played it probably. I finally beat him earlier today, the World Two boss, and I probably. Upwards of twenty times. Wow, really? Yeah. So now, granted, again, no, there's no excuse. It took me twenty times. <laughs> it took you twenty times. So I feel like maybe Nintendo is trying to go the way of Cuphead, perhaps. I'm just kidding. Probably. I don't not. know. It's hard. Like I remember Donkey Kong Country being pretty hard, but this game so far, how what I kind of wrote down one of the notes is like World One was a great like training wheels introduction basically it gave you the standard donkey kong introduced the new things that the game was going to do let you get a grasp for it understand the controls a little bit better and you know it gives you the those first few levels to get into it world two it's basically like okay here you go and you know it's it Have just goes it, nuts champ. exactly like <laughs> you've got the full level of difficulty on you that you've got to you're going to be playing in this game and there's no options right like it doesn't give you the option to be like oh normal or hard mode it's just it's just normal yeah. mode okay but perfect segue into this next little bit of the funky mode where you get to play as funky kong which is basically the game's easy mode 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it might be the hard mode. No. So Funky Kong, uh, when he's not running on the ground and you do like a jump, he'll like jump on his surfboard and you can, you can then, you can jump, double jump as Funky Kong. And you can also hold A, and it'll descend his like surfboard will spin under him, and it'll be act like so it'll kind of like descend oh, his like a helicopter. Yeah, sort so it'll of? descend his oh, like a slow hover fall instead gotcha. of just a normal fall. And so, and you also have five hearts instead of two. Your standard two that you would be as Donkey Kong, unless you had Diddy, Dixie, or Cranky Kong as your companion, in which case you would have four hearts. Um, and so, so yeah, so he has five. So it, I played a little bit with him in World One, just started a new save file to mess around with it and just to see what it was like. And yeah, it's, it's still really fun because he just has, he just adds this new flair to getting to play. I'm in it for the style. Exactly. I'm in it for the Pretty style. Pretty much. That's points. what you're getting with playing the funky Kong mode, the funky mode, because yeah, he got, he does that. He can double jump. He, you know, he, it's, you get to, easily explore the levels better to find the hidden parts. Cause now this is a new thing with the uh, Donkey Kong, you know, an, another big thing of Donkey Kong country was you would find the letters that spell Kong and you would be able to get like an right. extra bonus of something at the end of the level. This one, that's still obviously there, but there are also, um, there are also puzzle pieces that you could find. And I remember this was a thing in the Wii game. Yeah. The original Wii Donkey Kong version that came out. There was also, you had to search that for these puzzle pieces as well. And they would give you, if you find them all, I haven't completed all the puzzle pieces yet for any level, so I don't know necessarily what they give you, but it's something else that you, that you can look for. And they're usually in like hidden little areas, side areas and different stuff like that. Or you have to stamps from Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Just something else you have to do to try to find these. Right. Um, I like stuff like that. I do too. It just adds a little bit extra. Exactly. It gives you a reason to go off the game's preset path. Well, and also another level of replayability. Exactly. Like I'm going to go through the game and I'm going to finish the game, but then I'm going to want to have to go back of and course. finish getting all the letters and find all the puzzle pieces for all this stuff. Are you going to platinum it, even though Nintendo doesn't have I mean, I'll, <laughs> trophies? Yeah, I'm, I, it's, it, yeah, I'm going to go back and now I'm going to try to finish and get everything for each level. So uh, Funky Mode lets you kind of explore and find those areas a little bit. So, you know, obviously if I find everything in Funky Mode, I want to go back in my original game save and my, where I'm playing as Donkey Kong and go back and find all these things to complete all the challenges, collect all the bananas to give me all the things. Um, the one other big thing about this, and I think this is really uh, two more points that I really want to hit on, is that the levels, like I said, obviously new, refreshed, have the new flair and everything that modern time game development lets us have, but the levels are so dynamic and fun. There's so much little things about them, like little, there be these little levers that you can find that you can pull up that will release either banana cluster, a single banana, something like that. Obviously, there's all the things to find, that you have to do to find the puzzle pieces, which could be, you know, seeing a place where you can do your Donkey Kong slam on the ground and he'll like flip a, flip into a trapdoor oh, and like find a little secret compartment. Secret stuff. Uh, but this one level, the most recent level that I was playing, uh, in the world three, first, first level is called, uh, Grassland Groove. This one had so much stuff. It was really fun because there would be these like tall tufts of grass that you'd have to roll through and it would cut the grass and would reveal either give you a bonus banana cluster. <laughs> but sometimes it would doing that would unlock would make the map do something else. Like so this one also has uh if you see like long t- a continuous tuft uh, uh or patch of green grass that means that's somewhere you can you can like jump up grab onto it and you'll just basically like crawl oh, on the top okay but there'd be these parts where you would say cut through the grass get your bonus but then the platform would raise up letting you get to that grass so you could go and have another oh, angle of doing something else Oh, interesting then at the end of this level uh, it was like a 
African-themed Sahara levels. So there are these points where there are these uh, tall – so you had all that stuff going on. This is the one where I had the dancing trees also. <laughs> and you would then – and then there would be these parts where there were these uh, – they look like – like parade, what you would do a parade float of like a, of everything or like a, of a giraffe head, giraffe heads and stuff okay. like that. But they would have like climbable vines on them and stuff. Okay. Um, think when you're picturing this, think like what you would see on stage at the Lion King, like oh, okay. Broadway and show gotcha. kind of stuff. That, that's a much better Thank analogy <laughs> yeah. than parade floats. <laughs> uh, and so like you know something like that. But you can climb on those, and they were like moving and waving. They were like these big things that you would jump across. But then there came to this part at the end. There were like these. Uh, it looked like a snake, and it had these tufts and paths, the patches of grass on it. But the snake was like moving and rolling, and like all this. So it was having to time your jumps to like get to other segments. There was even this part where like it would like wind up, and then you and there's another part that was winding down, you know, in parallel to this part that you were I jumping. I hope people in tr- are watching the video version so that they can see your like, arm motions, trying to describe. Yeah, describe what's kind of happening. An interpretive dance with all these curves happening. and everything. It was just so like I was literally playing it in. I was the only one here playing it while I was eating, eating lunch. And I was just like, these levels are so fun. It's just, it, they just really are. It's just so much fun to see how they, uh, you know, all this stuff that, like I said, is obviously not something they could have done back in Donkey Kong Country. So, yeah. you know, I'm bummed that I haven't played as much of the Donkey Kong series as I wish I have, but it's also super fun to have not played much since Donkey Kong Country and now have this stark contrast and parallel, but still have just as much fun and enjoyment. And like I said, feeling the spirit of the game, you know, is still there that I'm familiar with. So So that's been a lot of fun. So you would say that it succeeded as a sequel then? Oh, yeah. Very nice. I'm a little surprised. So, um... And it's, and like I said, the difficulty is a fun thing too. It's like sometimes with platformers, I can kind of feel like you, you kind of feel with platformers sometimes you can just kind of run through them. The Mario, like when they did the reboots in the Wii U era for like those 2D Mario kind of side scrolly platformy reboots, yeah. those were super, super fun games. But until like the end game, I blazed through those and I was like, I'm kind of bad and these are really easy. Yeah. So it all, it definitely was a series that fell prey to just being a little bit too easy. I mean, they're supposed to be accessible, obviously, but until you really got to the end game and then potentially bonus content afterwards, it was just super, super easy to blaze yeah. through them and feel like you never lost a life and that it was just kind of a walk in the park. And that's usually sometimes why I, tend to want to avoid platformers. I know they're super fun. Obviously, you know, it's like what a lot of us grew up playing, but there's also, they always somewhat come off, come across as easy. Right. And this one, like I said, World 2 boss, so hard. So I'm having a ton of fun playing it. Um, the last thing, and this is a little teaser to the end of the episode, but the soundtrack is so good. See, this is what I'm excited to hear about because I haven't heard any of the soundtrack so, at all. It's so good. Um, so the the um, I'll go ahead and get just give a little bit about it now. But the soundtrack is composed. Oops, I moved. I deleted my tab. Uh, oh no, I know where it's at. Boom. Soundtrack is David Wise and Kenji Yamamoto. But obviously, it's and this is a part of the theme that that I was talking about with keeping the spirit of Donkey Kong. There's still all these new the you like hear the old themes of Donkey Kong. Um, that were present from Donkey Kong Country. These are, they're still included. They're still used in the soundtrack for this one, which is great. I love that bit of nostalgia hearing those old, those old melodies and stuff like that. 
But there are a ton of new, like each world and stuff like that have their own different separate feel. So I'd noticed it before. And I mean, the first, when I was playing in world one a little bit, we were playing it at my, I was playing it at my friend's house in, in New York city. And so like they, everybody else was kind of talking. So I didn't have it super loud. Couldn't really hear it that well. I heard a little bit of the stuff in world two on, on the plane, um, flying home. And I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. The soundtrack for world three which is the Savannah, uh, like African right. themed levels is ridiculous. Is it, is that the one that you're going to play? That's what I'm going to play. Oh, nice. I'm looking forward to it. And so, so with the soundtrack spot, like, so what's ridiculous about it? What's so great about it? It, it's just not what you would expect. Paint me a picture with words. I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm not near as good as this as you are. I, I think th- it was, um, but it's, um, there's a really funny quote I've read that's about, uh, trying to describe music to someone is like trying to dance about architecture. And I was like, that yeah. sounds about right. Cause I feel like, I, I don't know. It's like, it strikes a chord with me and I hear it and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so good. But then if I'm, but for me to come to you and be like, Morgan, it's so good. I just want to be like, listen, you know, and, and play the song. You're bad at this. And so, but, and so it's, it's hard to describe, but it just feel it, it. It just feel is something different. Maybe a because I don't necessarily remember even from what I've seen and whatever of other Donkey Kong games, not necessarily seen one taking place in more of the savanna land, African landscape. Right. So the music has very strong African influences, which that is a very. It, it, I love movie soundtracks that have like the African that one Civilization game that was yes, freaking amazing, like Baba Yetu. Yes. yes. Oh, that's yes. okay. That's a good. Now I've got the connection. So you kind of got that. Okay. Also think Lion King. Ooh. So kind which of, part? All um, of it? Just all of it? Well, it's like awesome. uh, yeah, like the beginning, Circle of Life. Um, some of, and then some of the other the other little things and motives that Hans Zimmer kind of <laughs> kind of well actually so I can't wait to be king perfect example of when they're parading around on the giraffes and all that stuff yeah. that's kind of what that that level feels like awesome grassland groove that's kind of what it feels like thanks Disney and so uh, so yeah just imagine what you've heard of African music with like Baba Yetu uh, even soundtracks like uh, the more lighthearted tracks from Blood Diamond. Don't want to be a bummer there, what? or even yeah, bummer. <laughs> uh, you know, and different. That's the ones. The main, the main ones that are coming to my head of when I think of those that I that have you know African styled music that I really enjoy are from Blood Diamond, uh, Tears of the Sun, and then obviously Lion King. All sound like except for the Lion, Lion King, King, all sound like super bummer movies. They're pretty good movies, but they but those you know uh, James Newton Howard did a great job with with Blood Diamond and and Hans Zimmer did a great job with Tears of the Sun and right. obviously Lion King. Uh, but so just. I don't know. It's just, it wasn't what I, a, I, do, I just don't think I was expecting it. So it kind of like caught me off guard of being like, Oh, okay. I'm getting this in Donkey Kong. That's awesome. It's not like, it's not just tropical Caribbean style music, which is what most of the previous music had been, uh, because it does set in like a tropical Island. Right. Um, and it's just, it seemed more celebratory and light and, and just very melodic. And I don't know, it just, it it just listen to me like, all right, I'm into this. Let's go. (laughs) So it's just an incredibly bright, cheery uh, soundtrack. And it just really, it just wasn't what I was expecting from Donkey Kong. Like I love the Donkey Kong main theme. Donkey Kong main theme is great. Uh, but you know, you don't really remember much else from the music of Donkey Kong. So fun fact even for a million dollars, I could not even hum you the tune to Donkey Kong. I literally don't know what it is. Do, 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 
And then it gets like, bum, 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 bum. And it just gets more, builds on itself so more and more. if I could give you a million dollars, sir, I would. Okay, okay, but here we go. I'm going to I'm gonna play you yeah, the Donkey Kong Country. I want to listen to it. I'm going to play you the Donkey Kong Country thing just so you know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. And then I'm going to save the other one for the end of the episode. Okay, so, you okay. Know. Okay, let me find it here. I know you'll know once you hear it. I've never heard this in my life. What? I really haven't. Oh my god. This is new information. It's it so sounds good. super cool. It's so good. I'm just telling you, I've literally never heard this before in my life. <laughs> well, you need to play some Donkey yeah, no, Kong. I then. like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. Just a factual statement. I am positive I have never heard that theme song before. Oh my goodness. All right. But yeah. So, obviously, this is just my first impressions of the game, but, I mean, if it's any indication of how the glowing words that I've spoken for this game so far, it's going to rank pretty high whenever I do wind up finishing it in Indeed. terms of, like, how I score it. But, uh, but yeah, Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze. It's great so far. Very Loving nice. It. Very nice. So, something that I have been playing more recently that I just bought on the fly because Bro Mogan was like, hey, if I buy this game, will you buy this game? And I was like, sure. <laughs> And peer pressure. Course, a game, yeah, peer pressure, right? And a game that one of our frequent listeners and friend of the show, Cody Peck, has often talked about, and he wrote us in a really yep. great review of Had this him on game. Talk about it a little is bit too. Mon- yeah, is Monster Hunter World? Nice. So I did finally break down and buy it because I was like, well, if all the cool kids are playing it, I'll play too. So even though I'm obviously super late to the party, I'm not alone. Bro, Mogan is also late to the party. But we have been playing a lot with Cody, and some things that I have noticed about the game. Either I wasn't really listening, or maybe they just weren't as big of a deal to Cody as they are to me, but I definitely have some commentary and quite a few critiques for the game. Okay. Now, I want to preface that by saying, overall, I am super enjoying it. I really like Monster Hunter's approach to big combat. Like, because these are, it's the kind of game where kind of anything can happen. Like, you'll run in to fight a big, fuzzy, pink Tyrannosaurus Rex, and it could just two-hit kill you. Or, alternatively, a big old dragon could come swooping in out of the sky and fight the T-Rex, and then you might just get killed in their fight, in their turf war, and it's like, okay, this is fine. Or you might have to fight both of them if you really want to get whatever you want from the monster after you kill it. So it is a very fun game in terms of its combat. I'm really enjoying the armor and weapon system. The weapon upgrades are crazy. And that's even being said with my only having even bothered to play at all a single weapon class. Okay. So as Cody So what, what are you playing as? I'm I don't playing, know what it is, but yeah, I'm just curious. No, I'm playing what's called the Hunting Horn. And when I initially saw it on its icon, it kind of looked like a little bagpipe. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll play whatever that thing is. Turns out it's literally bigger than your character. <laughs> it's like a freaking massive thing. It's bigger than your whole person. And to wield it, you just kind of sling it off of your back and you just wail on monsters with this absurd hunting horn. And then if you land your hits right, you basically are playing no 
notes at the same time that you're uh, hitting the inputs on your controller. And if you hit the right songs for whatever your current weapon is, they, they all are some combination of triangle, circle, and triangle, circle together at once. They're all just different variations of that. You could wind up swinging your hunting horn around and then right in the middle of battle, your person will be like, jamming it out, like just blowing that horn. And like songs will happen and it's like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> but they, it's kind of, the hunting horn is known as the one and only support class. Mm-hmm. And that's a very liberal term because you absolutely can play it as a solo player and still do a bejesus ton of damage because the songs it gives you are things like health recovery up. Attack up, defense up, wind resistance up, thunder resistance up. It's got a bunch of super helpful stuff that is both for you and for anyone in your vicinity. If any other players are fighting a monster even close to within range of me, they're going to get those buffs too. So it's a really interesting way to help your team and mostly yourself the way I'm currently playing it. Uh, There are a ton of other weapon classes too. There are things called switch axes. Mm -hmm. So imagine a switchblade and then make it a giant axe. I'm there. That's bigger than your entire person. I think that's what Bro Mogan is playing right now. He loves it to pieces. There are hammers. There's dual blades. There's the classic sword and shield. There's great swords. There's a thing called an insect glaive, which I think Cody talked about a little in either his review or when he came on the show. And I don't even know. I'm not even going to touch it. It scares me to look at it because I'm like, I don't know what you do. And I'm confused. So I'm not going to use that weapon even a little. Mm -hmm. So it's got a lot of different types of fighting styles to appeal to your different battle senses. Uh, Oh, it's got ranged weapons like bows, light bows, and obviously the bow and arrow. So excuse me, I meant to say heavy crossbow light crossbow, and then your traditional bow and arrow. Uh, I haven't gone anywhere near those either. They look like they would easily get you killed. Okay. Because it's like, okay, I understand that I can shoot him from over here, but he can come over here, so I don't think this is a good idea, guys. Like, I imagine that in a big party, a bow wielder could be really helpful, but I think if I were a solo person with just my crossbow, I'd be like, what? I'm going to (laughs) die. There's no way I can take on these creatures. So I am having a tremendous amount of fun with it. Asterisk when I am playing with my friends. Okay. So Cody definitely touched on this in his review, but I really want to expand on it because it's making a big difference for me. A, I truly believe the only reason to play Monster Hunter World is to play online with your friends. I absolutely think that this is the kind of game that if you go into it without having a friend group to get on comms with and have like fun derpy adventures with, you lose a ton of the fun factor value of Monster Hunter. At least for me, when I'm like trying to play single player through the campaign mode, which is mandatory... You cannot get around it. Okay. I'm genuinely just thinking, I just want to get through this. I just want to get this over with because, and this is my big hang up that is causing me so much frustration. The single player campaign actively inhibits your ability to have fun with your friends. And I'm going to explain hmm. why. Can so, you do, brief question. Yes. Can you play the single player 
campaign or is this redundant? You can you not do you cannot do it with friends. No. Oh no, no. So here's the thing. Here's where I'm gonna get into okay. that. Okay, so let's say that I have a mission to hunt a creature called a great jagras. This is something that happens super early. It's like one of your very first missions in Monster Hunter. You're like hunter rank one. You're a noob. You've got like your solo weapon, you've got no gear, you're just charging in there. Anytime you take on a story-based mission, you do what's called posting a quest. So posting a quest means that you are taking an assigned story-based mission. What that means for you as the player is that more often than not, when you then go to accept that quest and actually embark on it, you go out into the wilderness to accept the quest, there may or may not be cutscenes involved with that quest, which are Mm. part of the story. Here's the thing. If I post a quest that has cutscenes, and then my friends want to join me before I embark on that quest, they can't. Because any any quest that has a built-in cutscene, you have to view the cutscene before your friends can join you. And oh. that is incredibly frustrating, because let's take, for example, later quests, which may have two, three, or four cutscenes mm-hmm. as part of the quest— They can't join me after I viewed the first cutscene. They can't join me after I viewed the second. They can't join me on the third. The quest might end with a cutscene, which means you are basically forced to do the quest alone, which is like good for character building, I guess. It does teach you how to do things alone, which is fine, but that's not the reason I'm playing. I want to be able to play this game with my friends. It is the only way that it's fun for me. Well, especially if so many of your armor and weapons things give buffs to teammates designed to be played with someone else. I am certain that if I were playing a different weapon class, like, for example, the greatsword or the double blades, those mm-hmm. seem to be a really fast-paced, like, like beat-em-up kind of weapon. I'm sure that there are things that I could do to make this easier on myself, but I love the hunting horn, and I will not switch. And it needs friends. You. And yeah, and it aids friends and me. So obviously the hunting horn does everything and more to yourself in addition to your team. But my point is the way that they have designed the single player and the way that they have tried to integrate the cutscenes into that single player mode actively prevents you from being able to take missions with your friends. And that is such, I mean, that seems like a blatant game design flaw. Yeah. That seems like something that should not be the case. I mean, it should just be that if my friends are with me on a quest and a cutscene happens, they view it too. Mm-hmm. Who cares if they viewed it before because they're farther along than me? I can understand the idea of, well, they can't view it if they're lower rank than you. But if your friend, for example, has already done that quest and they've already viewed that cutscene, they should be able to join you. I yeah. don't see any reason that they shouldn't be able to. Because granted, and I don't want to make an assumption you're based on, you know, like this should be easy for a developer to do. Right. But as an example, Overwatch with their uh, events like the Retribution... Uh, the archive events that just happened. Those always start off, and those always have the beginning cutscene. And it gives you the option to press to hold to skip. Exactly. And if I could skip every cutscene, I would. 
I'm not you're just playing not there this game. For the story. Yeah, I'm not playing this game for the story mode. And there's a clear and present enormous focus from Monster Hunter to play online. Technically, when when you start up the game at any time, it wants you to start online immediately. And the only reason it will start you in offline mode is if you're having connection network connection mm-hmm. issues. So then it'll start start you in offline mode if there are no other options. But when you immediately like push start on the you know the start menu, it'll be like okay, join an online session or create an online session, and those are the two primary options. It wants you to be online. So the idea that they would create these infuriating roadblocks to playing online with your friends boggles my mind. Hmm. I genuinely don't know why they that did is this. And even if it weren't easy, I mean, obviously, I assume nothing is easy for developers. I don't care how hard it is. You should have done it this way. <laughs> and that's my hard line on it because this is actively preventing me from fully enjoying the game. And I think that is just a Critical design flaw. Yeah. Honestly, if I didn't have a friend group that I actively do want to play with in in spite of some of the game's key flaws, I would give up. I would not continue to play Monster Hunter if I didn't have friends that I wanted to play online with. And that's killer because, for example, one of the only other uh, online games, actually two of the only other online games that I do like to play online and that are online only pretty much are Splatoon and Overwatch. I can easily play those by myself and still have fun. Yep. It's a little bit harder in Splatoon because you can get rolled by the Japanese teams who have practiced so very often. But in Overwatch, for example, I'm getting almost just as much fun from playing alone on a team of randos than with playing with my friends. Yeah. Those are both equally fun things a lot of the time. And with Monster Hunter, it's just like, it's just terrible that they make you play this single player campaign mode as part of progressing in the game like i understand the idea of having missions to rank up but though like they could have made those standalone rank up missions with extremely little story built in between mm-hmm. i would have been just as happy with the game every cutscene i'm like skip 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 all this dialogue i don't need to know what don't you're telling know. me just yeah. just put me out there man just put me in coach like that's my mindset and it's just it's super annoying that the game has so many roadblocks to this and one of them we kind of touched on this with red dead 2 is and cody mentioned this as well he very much did say that the loading screens are terrible atrocious they are atrocious the load screens are very long like i know that very long is a very relative term in the modern gamer super add mindset that like we can't stand to wait but you'll be sitting there for like 30 or seconds plus just kind of waiting for your mission to even load and it's just a black screen and then your quest begins you do the quest quest ends more load screens you get back to your hub world and you go to accept another quest more load screens you go to actually embark on the quest more load screens there's a lot of loading screens and because of that i mean in conjunction with every time you want to go on a quest and come back from a quest there's more load screens it's like oh if i could count the hours that i've spent in load screens yeah so it's obviously not something that's preventing me from playing the game because i'm still playing it i'm still having fun it just is super annoying yeah and i do genuinely wonder would it be different if i had a ps4 pro right is it worth it it might be worth it to me now Really? Just because of Monster Hunter? Just because I want smaller load screens on Monster Hunter World. Because, again, this is all to 
put a big asterisk, I do really enjoy the game. Yeah. The monsters are fantastic. Like, every monster has a very unique fighting style. They all have different attributes to them. They all have different elemental styles to them. That makes you really have to actively think, how am I going to go into this fight? What armor am I going to equip? And something that the game does really, really well in terms of your upgrade and weapon tree is you can just as easily go back as you can go forward. Because let's say, for example, that I've got the hunting horn, right? Mm -hmm. Well, on my hunting horn tree branch, for example, it'll be like, okay, you have option A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. And like it just goes on and on. And branching off of each of those is like additional upgrades, like further down the line to actually get those super-powered weapons. So for example, right now, I've got like a level three poison-type horn. But if I wanted to switch to the thunder-type horn, I could just boom, 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 go back. And when I downgrade a weapon, it gives me back everything that I put into that weapon. So you do lose money. So you don't get your money back, but the items, the drops that you use to make that weapon, you get all of them. That's really nice. So you can very easily between missions just go boom, 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 boom. You can just go back and forth at will. And as long as you have enough money, or as they call it, zenny, because no one can call money just gold (laughs) or money, uh, as long as you have enough money to keep your switches going, there's no reason for you not to. And I really like that system. That is a great way to approach a game that has so many different options for how you can approach quests. It also does a really good job of trying to help you figure out how to approach those quests by way of researching monsters, where the more you encounter a monster and the more you fight it, the more you learn about it. And you've got like this manual, basically, where it'll say, oh, okay, you fought X monster three times. You now know that these are its weak points and that this is what it's weak to on the elemental tree. And it's like, that's great. That's exactly what I needed to know. I love games with a good bestiary. So it does inspire you and motivate you to continue fighting enemies even ones that you may really, really have struggled with at first, because really the more you learn about them and their fighting style, the better you get at countering them. And of course, you need to kill monsters multiple times to get as many drops as you can to make that sweet, sweet armor, to make those sweet weapons, because it's all about looking fly and kicking ass. And it's like, that's all I want to do, Monster Hunter. Let me look fly and kick ass. Stop trying to make me play an arbitrary single-player mode. That's all I want in life, Jarrett. So my question, my question then, how are the Palicos? They're the best thing on planet Earth. (laughs) (laughs) They're the best. The Palicos and or Palakitties, as I call them, are they're the best. They're so great, Jarrett. So, okay, you know how you have your own armor and stuff, right? Your Palakitty also gets armor. So, for example, let's say that I've just killed a, what do they call it? Toby Kadachi, or as I call it, the lightning weasel. Mm-hmm. Because it's like a big dinosaur, but it's also a weasel, but it also has lightning and it's crazy. And All it's right. like, sure, whatever, lightning weasel. Uh, let's say that you've just killed a Toby Kadachi. You may only have three drops from it, more or less. You can either, if you got the right drops, upgrade armor for yourself to get the Toby Kadachi armor, or you can get the Kadachi armor 
for your Palakitty, <gasps> which gives it an adorable little blue fur coat that has little kitty ears on the fur coat, and then like a little Eskimo outfit and like an adorable little weapon. Or you can get yourself some armor and be like, I don't want that. Or you can go back and kill the lightning weasel six times and then get enough drops to finally make matching armor. Oh my god. For you and your palakitty. Oh my god. And it's the best. It's so great. Like, something else that they did that's just a really fun little add-on is if you exchange guild cards with other players that you meet in the game, mm -hmm. they can either be your friends or they can be randos. If you trade guild cards, their palicos might show up in your quests. I was doing a quest just the other day and I ran into, just on the map, somebody else's lone palakitty. And I was like, sir? Where are you going, yeah, little one? Yeah, where are you going, little kitty? And he was like, I'm joining you, buddy. And I was like, sweet. Climb aboard, and everyone. And the only reason I knew that that was even an option is because my palico's name is Poppy. And Andrew Bromogan, his palico's name is Kitty McGritty. I Don't like ask it. me. And his character's like name it. is Farty McSlarty. Don't ask me. I like <laughs> I'm Grand Grand. I'm old. I don't know if I mentioned that. I tried to make That's my character. That's actually what I call my grandma. Yeah, exactly. I tried to make my character <laughs> as old as the game will allow, which wasn't very, but God knows I tried. So it's Grand Grand and Poppy. And Bromogan sent me a snap the other day while I was like not around to play. Poppy was in his game. What? And he, he didn't know what was going on either because we're both like new to the game. And he was like, what the <laughs> like just question mark. Question your palico mark. in my Poppy? game? And I was like, you son of a bitch, give me back. You my stole Poppy. I know. I was like, you stole him from me. Give her back. And so I finally realized, actually through reading the hints on the freaking load screens, that if you trade guild cards with somebody, their palico might wind up in your mission. And I was like, you son of a bitch, you stole Poppy from me. I hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just a fun little thing to find out about the game. And obviously your palicos help you in battle primarily by being the distraction that's uh, really their entire purpose is if you're alone fighting a monster and your palico distracts the monster obviously that gives you time to sharpen your weapon drink a potion in my case rock out on your horn just blowing that horn so it they are they absolutely do help you in battle but not to like damage the monster right. they're really just there to heal you they can heal you which is very important that's nice or they just distract the monster and really that's the most helpful thing they can do so the palico system and the palicos themselves fan freaking tastic they kind of sound like uh the palico is the atreus i mean World. i'm not sure that you could call them the trevor or the travis of monster hunter but Dear they God. are pretty great um i don't can you customize atreus's mm -hmm. armor oh that's pretty you fun can indeed. but can he wear a big fluffy marshmallow hat and a big fluffy white armor set and uh, and a hammer where on both sides of it are little paw prints i mean can not he yet. do that can he not yet <laughs> because as far as that's, i know that's Game's not Stuff that gives me life. And so Bromogan and I were playing the other day, and both of our Palakitties have really adorable armor sets on. Mine is like the blue fur coat that looks very Eskimo-like, and his is like this big poofy marshmallow. And we just stood there and looked at our Palicos together, and we were like, oh my god. This is the best. They're so cute. And like, that's all we did. It's like, this is the best game ever. If it would get rid of its completely arbitrary and useless single player campaign. So. There you have it. Worth it. 
to get through the single player, but good God, at what cost? So that's my official review. At what cost, Capcom? At what cost, at what Capcom? Cost? Give me the non... Give me online only. Give me the solo multiplayer mode. And then it would probably be a perfect game. There you have it. It might actually be a perfect game if it weren't for its terrible load screens and terrible single player mode. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. But just barely. Thumbs up with an asterisk. Thumbs up with a couple of caveats. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Our first impressions of Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong, Tropical Freeze. Can't stop saying you country. Can't, can't just say country, Tropical Freeze. Just Donkey go Kong, it. Tropical Freeze, and Mogan's impressions of being of playing Monster Hunter World. But before we go, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight, which, as I already said, is from Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. I'm really the song excited now. is Grassland Groove, again, composed by David Wise. Is this and how the trees Kenji dance? Yamamoto. Kind of. Yeah. 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 Got my arms going. There you go. Yeah. You got it. You're ready for this song? I'm ready. <laughs> well, until next time, though, I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Sayonara. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song. Mm-hmm.